The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. Get up close and personal with some of your favorite male porn stars on one-on-one with Poppy Chulo. Created by Poppy Chulo, one-on-one showcases exclusive interviews with the adult industry's most popular male performers. Here's your host, Poppy Chulo. Welcome to one-on-one with Poppy Chulo. Today is Wednesday, February 8th, 2023. Listeners, please welcome fan favorite gay adult star on the rise, Jimmy West. How are you doing? Thank you so much. I'm doing good. How are you? I am fantastic. I'm glad to have you on. You have been doing incredible work, and you've been popping up all over the place, so I'm really glad to have you here so that uh, we can allow your fans as well as uh, my listeners to get to know you a bit more. Well, awesome. I appreciate that, and you're always... I picked me up, retweeting my stuff, telling people to follow me, so I definitely appreciate that. Of course, absolutely. Yeah, I love spreading the love, and, and certainly you've been getting a lot of love from the fans, so uh, major props to you. They're my favorite. I love to hear that. Yes, absolutely. So let's kick things off, uh, as I usually do, by getting some unique stats out the way. First up, what's your height and weight? My height and weight? I am a... Towering 5'3", and right now I'm 130 pounds. What's your ethnic background? Black. What's your zodiac sign? I am a Libra. And how old are you? I am 30. All right, let's get to know a little bit about uh, the man behind the performer. Where are you originally from? I'm originally from Baltimore, Maryland, um, and now I live in Miami Beach. That's that's what's up. Tell me a little bit about you in regards to you growing up. What was life like for you growing up, Jimmy? Life for me growing up was kind of interesting. So um, my childhood was a little little rocky. Um, My parents, you know, they struggled with drugs, you know, that is a common thing in Baltimore. So actually I was taken in um, by my aunt and uncle um, and they raised me until my mother, you know, got better, got back on her feet. Um, so that was, that was a little bit interesting, but I'm really grateful for them. Um, I was able to, you know, experience things that had they not taken me and I probably never would have been able to experience just different culture perspectives from, you know, the, you know, the, the trips we went on, the people I was able to meet. Um, so that was interesting. I was probably, um, I would say growing up, I was, uh, kind of like a homebody until like high school. I was kind of a nerdy kid who was like always at home playing video games, like staying in his room. Uh, and eventually I like got out of my shell, um, once high school came around um, but honestly, had a pretty good childhood, you know, outside of that other stuff. I'm really blessed and fortunate for uh, the experiences and also just my family along the way. Of course. Yeah, it's really nice that you were able to grow up, you know, surrounded by love, which is always important, especially in those formative years. Definitely. Not everybody gets to experience that. So I'm definitely grateful. 
Definitely, yeah, absolutely. Are you still a gamer now that you're a grown-up? Not, not particularly. Like, I have a PS5, I have a few games, um, but not, not too much. Now, when did you first realize your sexuality? Hmm. When did I first realize my sexuality? Probably, I'd say I was probably around either 11 or 12. Um, you know, I had just discovered porn, and so I think just based on what was expected, you know, um, a man, so I'm supposed to like women, I grew up in a, you know, a not super religious family, but a family that, you know, went to Baptist church, you know, didn't really believe in homosexuality, didn't really understand it. So when I started discovering porn, you know, I just fell into the straight stuff, you know, man, woman, porn, that's what I guess I was expected to look at, but eventually I stumbled on gay porn, so I just saw a little thumbnail, and I was like, hmm, this is, this looks interesting, I was a little curious, um, so started looking, and, you know, I kept looking, and I was like, hmm, I, I kind of like this, so I think it was around that, that time I started to explore the idea, um, and then I, I think I knew for sure that I was gay, probably when I was 15, I actually, actually lost my virginity on a cruise um, to this guy who was a little bit older than me, probably not the, probably shouldn't have happened, um, but, you know, we, we fooled around, and, you know, that confirmed for me, like, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely gay. Did you have, uh, um, like, an official, for lack of a better word, like an official coming out moment? Was, was there a moment when, you know, you you sort of, I guess, said it aloud and, you know, never looked back? That's an interesting question. I think um, I probably had a few of those because, you know, you have, dif- you have different groups of, of people who you may want to come out to or mm-hmm. not come out to. Um, so at, at school, honestly, I think a few people, you know, they had an idea. But my coming out at school, um, honestly, was, you know, there was a dance um, and there was this guy who I thought was cute, and we, we just started dancing. Um, I, I guess I didn't give a fuck at the time. Um, and because of that, people, you know, they figured it out. They, you know, are asking questions. And I was pretty open at school. Um, you know, it, it was pretty simple to just be out because thankfully the kids at my school, you know, that wasn't a thing that they were bullying kids over. Um but when it came to my family, that's a different story. Growing up in a black household, my immediate family and then extended family, um, you know, being gay was definitely taboo. So I didn't officially come out to my immediate family until right before I was going to college. So I was 17. Um, and I was a little aggressive when I came out. I basically told them flat out, hey, I'm gay. I might be bi. And, you know, this is just who I am, like, nothing about me is changing, and you're all just going to have to deal with it. And um, it didn't go over well the first day. After that, nobody talked to me. Um, I think everybody was just shocked. They kind of needed some time to just think about what happened. Um, But once they, you know, collected their thoughts a day later, um, thankfully they, they told me, like, look, we understand um, and we love you. We just want you to be safe, um, and we and we still love you. So that was 
that was good because again, like those coming out moments, people, a lot of people do not have that experience and they're not as lucky to get that reaction. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty fortunate that that was, that was my reaction. But, you know, overall, I've had a few coming out moments and that was probably the biggest one was coming out to my immediate family. Absolutely. Yeah. It's great that you had an incredibly positive experience. Once again, you know, surrounded by love and, and filled with love. Mm-hmm. Definitely. What did you study in your undergrad, if you don't mind me asking? No, no. I studied public service and public policy. The, the idea, um, you know, growing up, I actually wanted to get into politics. I just love helping people. I think one of my, you know, biggest purposes in life is to actually help other people, help them grow. Um, and so public service, that was something that I was interested in. Uh, and I also, at one point, wanted to be a journalist. Um, so I was studying public service and also a little bit of journalism um, in college. That's what's up. Okay, very interesting. I like that. Very nice. So let's talk about what was going on with your life prior to entering the business. We're going to get into, in just a moment, like how you got into it. But first up, like what was going on just before you decided to venture into adult? Mm. (laughs) So at the time, like right before, maybe a little bit before, I actually got into OnlyFans. I was in San Francisco, um, and I was just working, you know, after I graduated college, got a job, and um, I didn't actually end up doing anything related to public service. I ended up, like, in corporate marketing, which is where I've been since I graduated. So that was an interesting shift. Um, but at the time of just thinking about it, I I like to, as you probably seen on my Instagram and obviously Twitter, I like to show off. Um, no kidding. Show off yeah. my body. Yeah, I know. No I shit. Couldn't. Really? <laughs> you like to show off your body? I, I don't think anyone noticed. Just, a, just a little <laughs> bit. You know, nothing too crazy. Nothing too crazy. Right. Um, my on my personal Instagram, my my friends they started to comment like these pictures are getting they were getting more risque and risque, and so they were like you. Maybe you should just start an OnlyFans. And I started thinking about it, started thinking about it. Um, and one day, um, when I actually thought I was about to lose my job because of a layoff, I think the writing was on the wall, I was like, you know what? Let me just have a backup um, so I can keep eating and keep paying my rent in case that happens. Sure enough, it did. So right before that layoff, um, I had actually signed up for OnlyFans. And when I... When I started, I posted this, like, 10-second clip on Twitter, and I was like, oh, we'll see how this goes. And I was actually really surprised at the reaction. I didn't think, you know, again, I I like to show off, and I, I think I had something good to show off, but apparently um, people liked it a lot, and that was the motivation for me to actually really get into it based off of that initial reaction from that first post that I posted on Twitter. All right. Very nice. I mean, I would say, especially, you know, from the pandemic era to now, that is probably an incredibly common story for people that joined OnlyFans. You know, whether it's they wanted supplemental income or they thought that they were going to get laid off, like that was a major factor for people 
to start up an OnlyFans account and uh, you know start becoming a content creator. So in total, how long have you been in the industry? Technically since December of 2019. Okay. Um, All right. I, I think I think I, I really I really started getting into it probably right before uh, that lockdown happened in 2020, so around March. So the timing was pretty shitty, um, but I started, and then I, at that point, I was like, oh, shit. I picked a horrible time, you know, to get into this thing where I, I was going to, of course, collab with people, you know, fuck whoever I wanted to get it on video, and then it's like, oh, wait, you need to stay inside. Please don't be fucking everybody you see because you could get corona. And so um, I was kind of at a crossroads. I was like, what do I do? You know, the intent wasn't to just do these solo videos, but um, I didn't have a choice for my own health. Um, I started doing solo videos, and they started taking off. Um, and that just gave me more confidence to keep doing it and also just more confidence in myself, which I think was another, maybe another reason I wanted to get into only fans, I kind of, you know, at some point before I started, had some self-esteem issues and honestly was looking for validation. Um, and in a way, getting into OnlyFans and the reaction definitely helped validate me. And so um, from there, uh, I just kept going and we've been doing it since, since then. So, okay. So you join... OnlyFans, your idea, your thought is that you're going to start collaborating, that sort of thing. And clearly, I mean, as you just said, that was not the case because it was the start of the lockdowns, the pandemic, and, and all that kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. when did you officially start collaborating with other, not just content creators, but with other adult stars? So full transparency, it, it probably happened a, a few months into lockdown, um, and there was this discourse on Twitter about whether or not, you know, performers should be collabing at that point, like maybe three, three months in. Um, and for me, you know, I obviously did not want to contribute to the spread of coronavirus, but I also needed to pay my rent and needed to eat, and I felt like I couldn't sustain the solo videos long enough just based on, at that time, so many people were starting OnlyFans. And so I was worried about the whole market being saturated with mm -hmm. all these different people coming out of the woodwork, including myself. So I'm like, I don't know if these solo videos are enough for me to stand out uh, amongst the crowd. And so I was like, I really, I got to amp it up a little bit. And I, I tried to take as many precautions as I could, but it's, it's tough, um, but for me, you know, probably a few months in, I was like, look, I just got to, I just got to go for it. Uh, I wasn't having, like, crazy orgies or, or things like that, um, just, like, one-on-one -on -one stuff, so, yeah. All right. Was that uh, still over on the West Coast, or was that by the time that you made it over to the East Coast? It was on the, it was on the West Coast. I was still over there, so um, I think maybe you have seen it but one of the the biggest collabs that I've done that's when I really started getting into it and that was when things were starting to open back up that was a scene I did in LA with Raheem Shabazz and James Anthony of um, course that is yeah that, 
That's the one that I think lit a fire for everyone and was like, who is this person? The, yeah. Um, and exes who I had in the past, they came out of the woodwork to let me know that they had seen it. And I was like, oh, oh, shit, this actually, you know, this might be the thing that, you know, either catapults me or, like, people might not like it. I was, I was afraid. But um, it, it came out really good. I really enjoyed that scene. Um, and yeah, I was like, all right, this is, this is it. People know who you are. Um, just got to get into it. And so I, I tried to keep it going, keep it going from there. But it was really crazy to, you know, I, funny story. I was actually, <laughs> I was actually filming and I kind of spaced out for just like a quick second. And I was like, oh shit. What if like my coworkers see this? What if somebody I know, like, I was just like, I was just thinking somebody's going to see this and it's probably is like, like the biggest moment or like the thing that's going to catapult me. And so I had to snap back into it. I was like, bitch, get your shit together, you know, ride that dick, do what you need to do. Um, cause everybody's going to see this. So you better make it, better make it good. Exactly. If everyone's going to see it, you better be looking good doing it. I'm just saying, <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. So, okay. So let me pick your brain a little bit. When you were being told by people, like, you should just create an OnlyFans, had porn at all sort of popped into your brain as something that you wanted to try one day? Was it ever just, like, a teeny tiny little spark of an idea in the back of your mind as something that you ever wanted to try? I know that you mentioned that you had a little bit of self-esteem issues, so... Um, I'm curious if if the idea was ever sort of back in, in the back of your mind and, and maybe you sort of like pushed it down and were like, nah, I don't think I should go in that direction before everyone was like, you should go in that direction. Definitely. Yeah. So I this actually reminds me that, you know, early on in college, I actually discovered uh, camming and I'd actually tried camming because I'm a little bit of an exhibitionist. And I, I like, you know, again, <laughs> to show off, so I was like, hmm, you can make a little bit of money from this. Uh-huh. Um, but honestly, I, I didn't really care for it, so I, I didn't get too much into it. But when I was camming, I was like, well, I'm taking my clothes off on the Internet. I uh, don't have a problem with it. Um, so maybe I will explore that. But like you mentioned, you know, there were those self-esteem issues that were kind of, you know, blocking me from doing it. The other problem I was struggling with was working in corporate and no matter what the industry is, just having a job and then potentially being outed, someone catching me uh, from work or somebody, you know, who just doesn't like me for whatever reason, finding my stuff and then outing me to my employer. Uh, for time, that was a really big fear of mine and it took me a while to get over it. Um, and so that was another reason why I kind of hesitated to do it. Um, and so... Some of my subscribers will even tell you, like, the first year or so. Um, it was a little shaky because I kept going. Like, it wasn't as consistent, you know, me posting content because I'm like, shit. I would get nervous. But, you know, especially after the Raheem video, I'm like, fuck. It's very easy to get to get spotted or noticed on the Internet. Um, and so I was just afraid. And eventually I got out of that um, because, honestly, I'm not breaking the law. And I think I do my, my day job very well. Um, so the, the two shouldn't be a conflict. I'm not doing it on company time. 
blah blah blah. So that was a, that was another thing that was that was stopping me um, from really getting into it. Let's talk about your name. How did you come up with your performer name? <laughs> um, so one of my late uncles, he, um, all the women seemed to like him, and he was kind of a player. I don't I don't see Jimmy as a player per se. Um, but somebody that, you know, people, everyone is attracted to. Uh, and my late uncle, his name was Jimmy. And so uh, that's where the inspiration came from. And I think West, um, <laughs> I actually, I think I wanted to pick a sort of generic name, which sucks now um, because I was worried about, you know, my job. So I didn't want to pick something too crazy. So I kind of picked something on the will generic, which I kind of regret because now I, I really don't care about like work or getting outed or anything like that. Um, but yeah, the inspiration was one, try not to get caught into my, my uncle. I actually think you made a good choice though, because I mean, you call it generic, but because it's more of a normal ish name versus some of the more outlandish names, it, it kind of stands out. So in a weird way, you know, even though you're in your, it sounds a little bit like you could go, like if you could go back in time, you would change it. But I, I think you made a good choice. Yeah, I, you know what, that's a that's a good way of looking at it. And after, you know, after it's been, I think it's been like three three years almost of doing this, um, I like it, and you know, it it served me well. So definitely yes so let's go back in time and uh, I want to discuss with you the first time you did a collaboration what was that experience like for you what was going on in your mind were you excited were you nervous the first time that you actually linked up with another creator another adult star to uh, create a scene what was that experience like for you and uh, also um, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, the, the infamous scene that you did as well and, and how that compared to your first time. Like, were you uh, incredibly comfortable in front of the camera by then? Okay, yeah. So that, that first time I did it, uh, the first collab, it was actually not planned. Um, I was on Grinder one night, you know, just trying to fuck, trying to get my dick sucked, trying to bust a nut, and uh, I was, ex I was, was kind of drunk, I was high as shit, uh, and definitely drunk, um, and so he came over, and we were just talking, and OnlyFans had come up, and it turns out he was a creator, um, and I was like, well, since you're here, and I haven't done a video yet, you want to just, like, try it out, um, and it actually, people know me as a, a bottom primarily, but I actually topped in that video. I haven't topped in a lot of videos, but I like to think I did a good job fucking him, so I'm actually really proud of that video. If you look at the pinned tweet on my my Twitter page right now, that's actually a clip from the first scene uh, I ever did with someone else. Um, so yeah, it was it was fun. I had a lot of fun. I think I had to I had to just remind myself that like I I don't wanna I don't wanna do all my scenes like drunk and high and that was that was never the intention or the plan. Um and, and so I think doing 
doing them not drunk or high. That was that was definitely a shift, and I, I felt a little bit more nervous um, going into that infamous scene, which I'm assuming we're we're still talking about Raheem and James. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was that was funny. I was um I was actually extremely nervous, not not because of Raheem or James themselves, but just. I just knew what was going to happen with the video. Every, I think, you know, you have the Oprah effect. I like to say Raheem has the same, you know, the same impact, you know, the Raheem bump or the Raheem effect when you film with him. Like, people are going to see that. Well, yeah. Um, All of his videos yeah. get a lot of attention. He is uh, mm-hmm. the, the it star of the moment. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I knew, like, People were going to see it, and I think because of that, I was pretty nervous. Um, you know, this is like, it's professionally shot. Um, not only is everybody going to see it, but I really need to, like, I need to bring it. So I was just trying to calm myself. Um, and <laughs> so Raheem obviously likes to smoke, and so uh, in that scene, we're on the bed, you know, smoking, and I just... Raheem has, like, the, the best shit. I don't know where he gets that stuff from, but I got way higher than I expected, um, which actually made me a little bit more nervous. But, you know, Raheem was, you know, you don't see it on in the video, but he was just, like, trying to calm me down and was just super sweet, uh, and that helped. And I was able to just, you know, calm down and really get into it and just enjoy, just enjoy the fucking, which was great. I want to break a porn scene down with you. In a scene, which do you enjoy the most, giving or receiving oral? Hmm. I would, I would probably, I would say receiving. Receiving. Um, at the same time, though, I do, I really like this optic, so, and also I feel like I'm good at it. Um, so in my scenes, like, I, I'm probably a little overzealous on on sucking dick, but I think people like that, so it's all good. In a scene, when it comes to rimming, which do you enjoy the most, giving or receiving? Giving. Um, that's one of my favorite things to do. Is, yeah, but it's like probably top of the list. In a scene, what's your favorite sexual position uh, as a bottom and as a top? Hmm. Uh, I'd say for both. Doggy. Okay, all right. And uh, in a scene, where is your favorite place to shoot your load, and where's your favorite place to take the load? Mm, definitely like to be bred, and I like to do the breeding, so there you go. All right. Now, you mentioned this, uh, but, you know, you are known for your scenes as a bottom, but as you referenced, you do top on occasion. Do you plan on topping more? Do you see yourself as becoming more of a verse performer? Like, how would you describe your role on film when you do your scenes? Do you see yourself as a performer more as a bottom performer? Like, what's your what's your goal, in essence, when it comes to that? Do you want to become the next big power verse, or are you cool with, with uh, the majority of your scene work being as a bottom? I definitely, I, I definitely want to do more topping. I think ideally you would see Jimmy as 
don't know about power verse, but it's definitely a verse, um, you know, but I do, I do think my bread and butter is, is bottoming. Um, and especially on camera, I just, there's something about me bottoming. I, I just, I just like to see it. I like to see it. Um, and I, I think I'm good at both. And so I definitely want to do more bursting. Um, but at the end of the day, you'll probably see me bottom more than I top. Who have been some of your most favorite performers to work with? I'm not necessarily looking for like a top five list or something like that. So this isn't in like a ranked order or anything. Just in general, like who have been some of your most memorable performers to collab with? There's so there's so many. Um, right, you've worked with some good ones. You know, yeah, there's there's so many, and I've I've been blessed to work with some really great ones. Um, Devin Trez, I uh, love Devin. He's a great guy, and we um we filmed a few times, and including a scene for Falcon. Um, that that was really fun. Um, Austin Wolf was someone I always wanted to to collab with, and you know, having watched his videos when I was younger, and then to actually film with him more than once. That was actually a dream come true. So that was great. Um, another favorite of mine, Jay Roman. Uh, we have great chemistry together, uh, and we've done quite a few videos. And then, of course, um, Raheem. Like, he's just the stroke game, the the cinematography, everything about what he does. I just love his craft, the way he crafts the videos, um, and just the way he talks, too. That was, that was one I'm obviously never gonna forget now let's talk about sort of like the opposite side of the coin who haven't you worked with that you would love to work with in the future you know let's manifest some great new content for you who out there would you love to do a scene with Ooh, um there are there are quite a few i think um some that come to mind off the top Chirac. um I've always wanted to, to film with him. Uh, Diego Grant is another person I've always wanted to film with too. Very good choices. Yeah, and there there are like there are way more. I actually was um I have a whole list on 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 Twitter. I just pulled it up. Apparently, there's like a hundred people on here. Oh, um, okay. Jay Hardbody. Yeah, that's another one. Uh, Farley. Um, somebody else I want to collab with and I'll stop there because again there's like hundreds of people on that list but hopefully um I like what you said let's manifest it and hopefully y'all see those scenes coming coming soon exactly hopefully the next time we do an interview you can say you checked some people off your list absolutely very nice are there any individuals in the industry that you look up to are there any performers out there that inspire you in regards to where you want to take your career in the business so one person I've noticed um, who is just really like I think changing the game and honestly the the production value and the thought that they're putting into not only the video but the marketing is Jacoby um, okay, yes. You know, yeah, I'm just like, that's that's where I'd like to be, you know, just, I, I feel like the content is super thoughtful um, and original, and so that's that's what I'm going for. Um, 
So I, I'd say he's um, definitely one person I look up to and really enjoy that content. I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about sort of like some of the more serious issues in the industry. Uh, so uh, mm-hmm. the first question in, in this kind of set is, uh, are there any misconceptions or myths about adult stars that you would like to dispel? <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I think the biggest one is probably that we're just one-dimensional, right? Like, we're only here to fuck, and, like, that's all we're good for is fucking or getting you off. Um, and, and we're not, and that's one of the things I've tried to do uh, with Jimmy is just, you know, not just post contact me fucking, but um, sharing my thoughts and my opinions on, on what's happening, not only in the industry, but in the world. And I think part of that goes back to, you know, I just, I like helping people. I want to make an impact on, on the world. And so uh, I, I'm not going to say I have a huge platform, but I'd like to think I have somewhat of a platform. And, you know, if I can use that to, you know, advance, you know, advance the industry or just help people mobilize, um, then, then I'm, I'm here for it. And, and definitely am not one dimensional. Uh, and I, I think, you know, one thing I've noticed with some people who they want to come into the industry, but they are afraid of being perceived as that. Um, and so they, they end up not, not following through it and, and not coming into the industry. Uh, and I just hope that, you know, I just want to implore anybody who's thinking that to to want not not do that, right? Because the way that you show people you're not one dimensional is simply by not being one dimensional. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think part of part of the thing too is you just and I've I think I've gotten better at this as I've gotten older. You just can't give a fuck, right? Um, right. A part of this showing off and being in this industry you're going to hear a lot of horrible shit said about you. People are going to leave crazy comments, uh, and people always have an opinion, but, you know, you, you kind of have to have a, a thick skin uh, and just be confident in, in who you are. And I think if you're confident in who you are and you're just able to, if you, if you be yourself, um, I think that whole, I, that whole view of people thinking you're one-dimensional um, won't be an issue. I like that a lot. That, that's really great words of advice. I, I hope that if anyone is listening that is interested in joining the business, I hope they take that advice to heart because, uh, yeah, those were, those were some gems right there, Jimmy. <laughs> thank you, thank you. You're welcome. So you are a star on the rise. Like, in my opinion, with every new scene that drops, your star seems to get bigger and brighter. So I'm curious to pick your brain as someone who, you know, is is on fire right now in regards to uh, just how hot that star is burning bright. Do you feel there is competition between performers in the industry? Is there a competition? Do you sense that? Is that something that you have felt with other performers, or do you feel like some other performers feel that with you? What's your take on the industry and competition between performers? Is that a thing, or is that just something the viewers sort of uh, make up in their head? 
Well, speaking for myself, the only person I can be an authority on, I, you know, I, I want to do well, and I'm always pushing myself. So I try not to compare what I'm doing with other performers, but at the same time, you know, I look at performers who are similar to me. Um, and, and, you know, I, am I, I, I ask myself, am I keeping up with them? How am I doing? Um, it's tough not to compare yourself. Um, but in terms of competition, I'd like to think if there is competition, it's healthy. I know for me, I'm really only competing with myself. Um, so doing better than I did the day before. Um, continued progress, continued growth. Um, that's that's the competition with myself that I'm I'm having every day. Um, the other the other thing though, going back to the whole market being saturated, there's a part of me that's like I always have to step it up. You cannot come with like you, you know just basic content, basic stuff. Um, you really you really got to stand out. Um, because there are just so many people still, um, even after, you know, we got out of the throes of the lockdown, um, there's so many people doing this. And so th- there's a little bit of competition because you just got to, you know, you got to break through in order to get your coins, right? Um, but otherwise, you know, I, I, I've never felt a unhealthy sense or like an aggressive sense of competition between performers, and if, if there is, like, it, it's not from it's not from me because again, I'm really just, you know, trying to compete with myself and I'll do myself. Is there an aspect of the industry that you do not enjoy? An aspect of the industry I do not enjoy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think um, honestly, the problem bringing up saturation again. You're dealing with, there, there's a range of people who are doing this. You have people who are very serious about it. Uh, you have people who are doing it for fun, which is, which is okay. Um, but unfortunately, you're going to run into potentially some unsavory characters who, um, that, one, they're just not respectful um, or they're flaky. Um, and, and so when you are dealing with, guys, like, you know, I've only filmed with men, and um, men, some men are trash, and (laughs) you end up um, meeting some who are trash, and so that's always a risk you take being in this industry, and I would say that's probably one of the more unsavory parts of it that I don't enjoy. As a black man in the industry, have you ever felt any racism, discrimination, or microaggressions directed at you? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, 100%, 100%. I think uh, there's a big discourse about BBC um, a few years back. Should we be using that term? Should we not? Um, there have been microaggressions and just, like, flat-out accusations levied against me, like, oh, I only work with white people, uh, which obviously just the internet exists, right? And you can see who I filmed with, and it's not just white people. I like to film with everybody. Um, but yeah, that it definitely exists. I think I've been I've been fortunate not to experience true 
much of it, but I, I do think we still have a long way to go when it comes to um, inclusion and, and surfacing um, black creators and, and creators of color uh, and really amplifying them, right? Because they're there, but it's that amplification uh, I think we could uh, we could be doing even better than we are now. And that that's not just OnlyFans, but, you know, a large part of that and a large responsibility um, of that falls on the studios as well. Absolutely, yeah, I 100% agree with you. I mean, one of the things that I've always tried to do with my interviews as well as podcasts in general is just, you know, shining a light on uh, BIPOC creators, BIPOC adult mm-hmm. stars and that sort of thing. Because I feel like when it comes to the industry, and, and when I mean the industry, I mean more so those that talk about the industry, whether it's websites that write news about uh, adult stars uh, on both sides of the industry, you know, straight, gay, bi, trans, everything, or all sides of the industry, I should say. Um, you know, I feel like it's always the focus on the white performers and, you know, the people that podcast about the industry or do interviews with the performers, you know, it's it's typically the white performers. And uh, my goal has always been showcasing performers of color in these interviews. Which again, I, I love, and you know, you've, you've been doing that for me for a while. So again, I, I really appreciate it. And since you, since we're on the subject, um, you reminded me of something else too when it comes to you know, non-black creators or white creators or you know just non-creators of color. I think you know what I'm trying to say. Yes. Um, I, I feel I feel like I've seen uh, a lot of a lot of content that I feel like they're not really doing much, and it, it just you know it gets all the likes and all the retweets, I feel like they're barely doing anything, um, doing the least, and, you know, it just gets amplified like crazy. Um, so that's always that's always bothered me. Um, and I feel like I, I've, I've been noticing it way more, which, you know, it, it's it's a result of just, I think, the community and also uh, maybe the, the algorithms too, which is also something I hate about just this work is like our – our content and, you know, how it spreads um, is really, you know, at the, you know, at the helm of these algorithms. And yeah. if you don't, if you don't get it right with the algorithm, then people aren't going to see it. But that's just, that's just, you know, an inherent part of social media that it, it's baked into it. So that's why, again, I'm always trying to step up the content because that lack of flavorful content that I was just talking about, um, if you look a certain way, it's probably not going to cut it. So that's why I'm always focused on just stepping up the content um, as much as I can. Yeah, it's always interesting how uh, content that lacks some seasoning always does really well at times. <laughs> they don't like yeah. flavor. They don't like sabor. Yeah, there's, no, there's no seasoning on it. Not even no pepper, no salt, no nothing. Exactly, so no sazón. Nothing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so as a performer in this business, as someone who's been a content creator for uh, just like a hair over three years, do you find it difficult to be in a romantic relationship while doing the work that you do? Is it difficult for Jimmy West to get his romantical on? 
Mm, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that because I actually I just ended I just ended a relationship, and I think um, part of the reason you know a lot of the pull on me is not really being ready for that relationship, but I noticed um, as a result being in that relationship, my content creation I kind of you know fell to the wayside, which is fine because I was focused on the relationship, but I think the the goals I have, you know, being Jimmy West and for my OnlyFans, um, it just, it, it takes a lot of work, and I don't think I was ready to, you know, dedicate my time to the work of the relationship and also the work of, of OnlyFans, and because I want to see that OnlyFans, like, take off, I, I made a decision that I think was best for both of us to, to really focus on that, because now, um, I'd like to think, um, you know, all in. I've been posting more. I think my subscribers have noticed that, too, and I've seen it in the numbers. Like, I'm posting more. I'm focused on it. And so I do think, you know, being in a relationship and having OnlyFans can be a challenge. I was fortunate enough to have a partner who uh, respected that. Um, so it, there was never an issue of, oh, you can't collab with this person or, you know, I'm going to feel jealous if you're collabing with these people. There was none of that. Um, and so if if somebody wants to do this and have a relationship, and if you can find somebody like that, <clears throat> you still get to enjoy, you know, creating content with all these different people, then I, I say go for it, but just be mindful of, you know, again, the work that it takes not only to do the OnlyFans, but the work it takes to be in a relationship and, and keep the relationship going. That's a lot all at once. As a follow-up, what is your take on in regards to dating someone? Do they have to be a fellow performer, or is is it best in your mind to date someone that's outside of the industry? What's your take on, I guess, that? You know, there are some performers out there that only like to date performers, or some performers that only like to date people outside of the industry. So I'm kind of curious in regards to you and your mindset, you know, when you do get to the point when you're going to be looking for someone, what's your ideal situation? Mm, this one is, this one is really tough. Um, I, I think, you know, I think for me, I, Ooh, poppies. I don't know. I've, I've gone back, I've gone back and forth because the challenge is, you know, that person you know, if, if you're dating someone who's not in the industry, then they have to deal with, you know, you working, you traveling, um, and then also the risk of STI, um, you know, that's that can be a thing too. Um, and I guess that's regardless of whether or not they're, they're in the industry. So thinking about that um, can be a challenge. I think it just goes back to, you know, if you find somebody who is, is down for what you're doing and they're not in the industry, that is great. Um, but, you know, I've heard from a lot of other performers where they would, they would like somebody who's not in the industry, but the problem is a lot of people who are not in the industry don't want someone who is for those reasons that I decided. So I, I think it really depends on what you want and what you're looking for. I don't – I feel like now – this is a tough question for me because I'm not focused on dating or a relationship. Um, 
And I feel like when I do, or when I am ready to get back in a relationship, I probably won't be doing OnlyFans. Okay, interesting. Yeah. But there's there's a while to go before um, I think we get to that point. Yeah, you got a checklist. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so let's shift away from some of the serious questions, and let's dive deep into your OnlyFans. What type of content can the listeners and your fans expect to see on your OnlyFans, and how often do you update it? Um, so as of the past, let's say, three or four months, and we're keeping this consistent, doing about three videos a week. Um, and they can vary from solo to collabs, like I mentioned, trying to do more collabs this year. Um, so subscribers will definitely see more of that. But uh, when it comes to the solo content, there's a lot of that on there. Um, some of my favorite solo content is exhibition, um, exhibitionist or like public type stuff. Um, there's a Jimmy good amount is of naughty. That, I'm just like, saying. Very, very naughty, very naughty. And I think once I tapped into that, I was like, oh, this this is perfect for for OnlyFans. And um, so you'll see a lot of like beach content, a lot of hiking in the woods, just like places I shouldn't be. Um, doing stuff, you'll you'll see a lot of that, um, and yeah, a lot of a lot of toys, big in the toys, um, outdoor stuff. Um, so the solo content really really varies. But like I mentioned, I'm trying to throw in some more collabs because everybody loves a good collab. I'm curious to ask this. So you start off. As a content creator, you know, you referenced this earlier in the interview, you did uh, your own content, you were doing solo stuff, and then you started collaborating with other performers. How soon after that did you start working with the major studios, and how did that connection happen? Was that something that you hit up the studios, or were you getting so noticed because of some of the collabs that you had done that the studios approached you and were like, would you like to do a scene with us? Or we'd love to have you in a scene for our major production. So I think, I think they, the studios started noticing probably, um, Probably after the Raheem shoot, but uh, okay. how, long, how, in, how long into that? Sorry, um, let me rephrase. I'm trying to ask it. Yeah. How long after you started um, being a content creator did that shoot come about? Like how soon after you started? Was that a couple months into it? Yeah. Oh my gosh, time is flowing. So much has happened, but I think um, I want to say honestly, it was it was within the first year. Um, which was really, it's not what I expected. Um, and that, that was a goal, but that was a long-term goal that I did not expect to happen that quickly. Um, so, so yeah, I would say within, within the first, within the first year. Oh, nice. And so they just reached out to you and clearly you were like, hell yeah. Um, so um, Shishi the Wu, um, very, very popular producer in the industry. Yes. Um, had, had noticed me kind of early on. And so was always hyping up my posts. Um, and then, uh, she reached out to 
um, one of the directors at Falcon, I was like, hey, I think Jimmy would be great. Um, and it was kind of just history from there. She she spread the word to him, and they they reached out uh, a few months later. And then I was in a my first studio scene was called, uh, or the the whole movie was called Born to Porn. So that's this uh, documentary about what it's like to film porn. Um, and it was against the backdrop of uh, the pandemic too. So you know we talked a little bit about that, but you know really covered just me. You know, getting into the industry because I was I was new, and so um, that was uh, a little nerve wracking. But that was a scene I did with Devin, which came out really, really great. Very nice, awesome. I like that. That's an awesome story. Uh, I'm glad things were able just to sort of kind of fall in your lap. You know, it wasn't something that you expected to do so early on into this brand new venture that you were doing, but clearly it was uh, meant to be. Definitely. And those those, like self-esteem validation issues like that, that were going on before, um, that really helped alleviate that a little bit. Um, and it also signaled to me that there is a, a there there for Jimmy. And, you know, that really inspired me to, to keep going. Very nice. Can you give the listeners and your fans a little bit of a tease as to what's to come this year on your OnlyFans? Do you have any, like, big plans on, you know, maybe something new that you want to try out as far as content or, uh, you know, just anything that you would like to fulfill this year in particular for your OnlyFans for your, you know, original content? Definitely. So what I can say for sure is we are going to be traveling. I got some points stacked up. Um, so hopefully me and my subscribers, we will be going around the world. Um, I'm, I'm really trying to get out of town as much as I can in 2023. So hopefully we'll be all over. Um, and then something else I'm looking forward to in the next few months is starting um, OnlyFans Live. So going to be doing a few live sessions and We'll see how that goes, but um, that's something I've been nervous about, but I think it's going to be really fun, Um, and so I'm looking forward to getting that started soon. What part of your body gets the most attention on your OnlyFans and social media? My ass. (laughs) 100%. And, I, you know, I was just going through my Instagram feed earlier, and I'm like, that's all I've been showing. Um, There's a whole lot of booty? the whole lot of booty, and it, it works. Um, a little nervous, though. I, I've been cutting it close um, with Instagram, so the IG police have come for me multiple times. So I'm trying to trying to clean up just a little bit. I haven't been doing a good job because, again, like people love it, and so you got to give the people what they love. Right? You better have a backup ready just in case. I'm just saying. Ooh, no pun no, intended. No, I don't. I mean, I'm going to get started. I actually don't, and that's a really good idea. Because, I, like I said, I've been cutting it close, um, and they are coming for me. So Yes. So just be careful. It's a good idea, because they do like to come for the uh, adult entertainers and content creators. So, um, yeah, mm-hmm. a backup is always good to have as a just-in-case. All right, so now it's time for the big question, a question that a lot of your fans might be curious to know. How much is Jimmy West packing? Hmm. I, I would say seven 
seven inches. It's got a nice curve to it. Uh, I think people don't expect that because I'm kind of a a small guy. Um, you so are a, a statuesque five three. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So it, like, like you know, people just don't. I don't think they expect that. Um, but you know, I feel like I know what I'm doing with it, and you know, people seem to like it. Now let's talk about the pop shot, the cum shot. Do you do mm. anything in particular? to maintain a decent-sized pop shot for the camera? Um, so you got to drink. you got to drink a lot of water, um, and you got to build it up. So when you got my OnlyFans, there are... Um, some people will, like, edge before they, before they make a video, and it's a short video. I like to actually showcase the whole edge session. People actually enjoy that. Um, which is kind of surprising to me because I'm, I'm somebody who, like, will cut to, like, the, the quick fun parts. Um, but, yeah, I think just edging, like, that, that definitely helps. But also just, just staying active. Um, you know, my cum shots are great when I eat well and when I'm really hydrated. Um, so those, those things definitely help as well. In your personal life, what is your sexual role? You mentioned that uh, pretty much, you know, well, as, as anyone that follows you knows, you seem to be a majority bottom on screen. Does that mirror how you are off camera? Um, off camera, um, mostly, mostly versus. It just depends on, on who. Um, I think for people I'm more familiar with, um, I'm likely to bottom more, and for people I'm not more likely to top, but then again, it just depends on the mood and the vibe. So off camera, I would say pretty verse. Do you get into any kinds of fetishes? Um, I definitely like spanking. Um, what else? What else? Um, I've, I've done some water sports. It's usually me just like, doing the, the pissing. Um, and outside of that, that's pretty, I think that's pretty much it. To shave or not to shave, that is the question. And yes, I'm talking about uh, down there and, and just hair in general. Hmm. I like a, I like a good push. So um, for me, sometimes it becomes like a jungle down there and I'll trim it, but I like to, I like to see the hair down there. And then, uh, if we're talking about the booty hole, um, I, for me, um, I do like to wax it every, every few months. Uh, I just think it looks good on, on video and also just feels good when I'm down there. How often do you work out? And, uh, when you are sort of actively filming, do you have to consistently watch what you eat to make sure you got it tight and right for the camera? <laughs> Um, I try to work out a minimum of five times a week, even if that's not lifting. Honestly, I've been, I've been going every day recently. So I have a new year, trying to do the new year, new me thing. Um, but when it comes to filming, I, I do like to keep it tight, but I, I like snacks and I just like to eat. Um, so sometimes that's 
tough. When I don't have a collab, I'm probably not as strict with the diet. Um, but I've also, honestly, there have been times in the past where I was, like, too strict, and it it sort of became, like, a quality of life issue because I was, I was that girl who was, like, you know, wouldn't eat a cookie even if I had just gone to the gym, you know, for five hours. I was, like, very, very strict, um, and I started to get annoyed with it. Um, because really I just wasn't having fun. I was, like, depriving myself when I honestly didn't even need to, which, you know, I think body dysmorphia runs rampant in our community, and it's something I've struggled with. So, um, you know, over over the years, I think especially since I turned 30, I'm giving less of a fuck um, and being more uh, just happy with my body. So not as strict, but, you know, I, I do have a generally – clean diet because I am, you know, on camera a lot. Absolutely, yeah. That makes sense. Now, earlier, just a couple questions ago, I did ask you, uh, you know, what part of your body the viewers enjoyed the most. I'm curious to ask you, what's your take on it, though? What part of your body do you feel is the sexiest and why? Same, same answer. My, my ass. Um... I love a good ass. Like I said, I like to eat ass, and I just know, I don't, I don't want to say I'm, like, vain, but, you know, you want to you wanna give the boys or the girls what they, what they want, and I know that for a lot of people is my ass. Um, I'm a big fan of leg day. I, I love doing squats. I love, I don't know. I, I just, I like how it looks, um, and, and so I try to, I try to keep it in shape as, as much as I can. Tell me something quirky about yourself that most people don't know. Something unique about Jimmy West. Mm, unique. Hmm. I just think about uh, that Beyonce song anytime I hear unique. But, <laughs> yeah, um, that's, I, that's what I do now as well, yeah. <laughs> um, I think, I'm not sure if this is unique, but maybe what some people might not expect i've heard a few times uh you know people think i'm intimidating which i'm I'm actually not and to be honest i'm probably one of the most unserious people on earth like i'm very goofy very silly um you know uh, you might catch me telling a lot of bad dad jokes i just i just like to have fun um and just, you know, not be not be so, so serious a lot, which I think is a misconception people have about me, which might be related to, I was going to my Instagram feed, and there's a lot of pictures where I'm not smiling, and people are like, why don't you smile? And I'm like, I, I don't know, just trying to be sexy. Um, but, yeah, overall, I would say I'm probably one of the most unserious people you'll meet. Describe yourself in ten words or less. Uh, I would say, hmm, caring, sexy, outgoing, um, confident, loyal, well, we have five, uh, um, outspoken, and fearless. As we start wrapping things up, I have this list of sort of pop culture-y type of questions that are allowed to, that, that are designed to allow your 
fans and the listeners to get to know some of your favorites. The first question in this set is, what are five of your most favorite television shows? Mm, the Office is definitely one. Um, what else? The Office is one. Law and Order. Love Law and Order. Um, <laughs> hmm. Grey's Anatomy. Like, love Grey's Anatomy. That's a three. Hmm. I'm trying to think what else have I been watching. Maybe we can maybe come back to that, but those are like three off the off the top of my head. Who are four of your all time favorite music artists? Hmm. Prince, Childish Gambino. Hmm. Gambino, Frank Ocean. And if I could give you a fourth, mm, I would say Mac Stallion. What are three of your most favorite films? Three of my most favorite films. Um, one is Bruce Almighty, um, Sister Act, and third movie. I'm actually not that big of a movie buff. I was hoping you wouldn't ask me about movies. Um, but those are, I would say those are my, my top two. What are two foods you can't live without? Mm. Chicken nuggets is one, and I would say the other, it's probably french fries, for sure. And what is one of your guilty pleasures? Ooh, one of my guilty pleasures. It's a combination of... Golden Oreos and then strawberry cheesecake uh, Ben and Jerry's ice cream. What are you currently binging? Are you currently binge watching anything? Uh, I've been binge watching a lot. Um, so I think um, one thing I'm looking at now is All the Queen's Men. Um, and then on Netflix, I, I just finished uh, that 90s show. Um, and then Grownish, uh, I was actually catching up on, on Grownish, so I missed a few seasons, so I've been binging that for like the past two weeks. What's next for Jimmy West? What can the fans and the listeners expect from you, anticipate from you in the near future? What's coming up? I have a theme with Disruptive Films coming out later this year, probably um, probably this spring. Um, and so this is the first studio scene where I'm like really, really acting. So we're all going to see at the same time how that went down. I'm a little nervous, um, but it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. It really took me out of my element. Um, so I think I, I'm excited to see that. That'll happen later this spring. And then, you know, just keeping the OnlyFans content going. So doing a lot of traveling. I'll be in Atlanta later this month and on the West Coast. Um, after that, and then um, hopefully some international trips in Brazil, um, and then also um, Europe later in the year. So really excited. Going to be making content in all those places to put up on OnlyFans. So that's what fans can, uh, can expect is way more content. 
are you able to divulge who you are paired up with in the disruptive films scene? I think so. I think it shouldn't be an issue. His name is uh, Andrew Miller. Um, we we shot a really great scene. He's such a nice guy and so sexy. Um, and it was actually a last minute like cast change. Um, so I was going to work with somebody else and ended up working with him. And I think we have really great, great on-screen chemistry in the bed and outside of the bed. Um, so I'm really looking forward to it. Very nice. Awesome. How can your fans reach you? Where can they find you on the web, social media, as well as where can they find your content? This is your chance to provide all of your links and vital information. Definitely. So the only stands is at JimmyWestXXX.com, and then I'm on Twitter at JimmyWestXXX, and then on Instagram at JimmyWestOfficial. Perfect. Well, this does bring us to the end of our interview. Is there anything that you would like to say to your fans and supporters that are tuning in? Um, to my fans who are tuning in, thank you so much for always supporting me, being there for me, uh, just being really great people. I'm excited um, to show you all what's next. Um, keep being yourself. Keep being good. Spread the love. Very nice. Well, I certainly want to thank you so much for the interview, Jimmy. Thank you for the time and thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And like I like I've said multiple times, your support, you always pushing me out there, retweeting, telling people to follow me. That means a lot. Um, and it was a pleasure talking with you. You're welcome. I'm so glad we finally got the chance to make this happen. Uh, and thank like you. I said to you before, you know, the door is open for more whenever you want to come back and update the listeners and your fans on what you've been up to, uh, you have an open invite. Absolutely. We will be talking again for sure. Fantastic. And listeners, I also want to thank you for tuning into One on One with Papi Chulo. Before we go, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Thank you for downloading One on One with Papi Chulo. Here are a few helpful reminders. For more information on One on One with Papi Chulo, Visit poppychularadio.com slash after dark. Follow Poppy Chulo on Twitter at twitter.com slash poppychulo one on one. That's at Poppy Chulo. The number one. The word on. And the number one. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash poppychularadio. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash poppychularadio. Do you have any questions? suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. Back to you, Poppy Chulo. Thanks, announcer. And with that, Jimmy West and I would like to wish you and yours a wonderful night. Good night, listeners. Good night, sexy people. Thanks for listening to One on One with Poppy Chulo. To contact us with any of your questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns, email us at contact at poppychuloradio.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash poppychuloradio. 
and like us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash Radio. Be sure to listen again next week as we continue to showcase exclusive interviews with some of the adult industry's most popular male performers. This is Ben Patrick Johnson saying good night and have a wonderful week.